Hey everyone, welcome to the Sliving with Sickle Cell podcast. My name is Barbara Biosa and I am a sickle cell warrior, CEO and fashion designer of luxury women's wear clothing brand Dimabai and founder of the Gideon's Treasure Foundation. And I am your host today. From the Queen Paris Hilton, sliving means slaying and living your best life. We all deserve to do this. I'm here to bring you all the fabulous tales, the struggles and the triumphs of living with sickle cell anemia and running a business with a disability. There has been many highs and many lows, but I think it's important to share your stories and journey. We will be discussing some important topics and inviting some amazing guest speakers to share their experiences and their journey. This podcast is dedicated to help spread awareness of sickle cell anemia, uplift and build a community of ambitious people who may have a physical or emotional challenges that make being an entrepreneur or following your dreams that much harder. Hi everyone, I'm joined with a very special guest, my incredible mother. I love her so much. She is my biggest supporter. My, she was my nurse growing up. She's my inspiration, my muse. And she just helped me a lot with my journey with sickle cell. And I'm so blessed to have such an incredible mom. And I'm so glad for you guys to meet her. And let's have this great conversation. Yay. <laughs> so please start by telling me a bit about yourself, your background, your upbringing. Take the floor. Um, my name is Joyce Shredende. And I'm Barbara's mother. Yeah. Um, I was born in Nigeria and I came here when I was 24. Um, long time ago. <laughs> um, when Barbara was born, uh, we didn't know that it's got a sickle cell on it. But what I do, I make sure I breastfed her. Even up to four years. <laughs> yeah, I think part of it really helped. But how embarrassing. Yeah. <laughs> but she, she was very healthy. Yeah. Until one day she became ill. Pain in her joint. And so I had to take her to the hospital. And then they diagnosed her. They could sell her name. So that's when the journey starts. And um, well, I really thank God that we are able to surmount most of the difficult situation. And um, she used to have crises and going to the hospital to children's unit, which she enjoyed so much. And she was so she was so loved by nurses, doctors. Yeah, I love the pediatric ward. It was yeah. fun. She really made Barbara that uh, even when she's discharged, felt so annoyed. She doesn't want to go back. Home. She wants to remain in the hospital. So the the, All love, the games, yeah. yeah, the games and the drawing and the. The nurses were really, really good to her. Yeah. And really loved her. So she thought the hospital is better than home. <laughs> it's funny but, um, the difference. <laughs> yeah, but then and um, until I met someone when I travel, one elderly person, about 90-year-old woman who told me about banana. You know, when we talk about sickle cell and all those things. So she told me when I go back to England, I should try the the banana skin to boil it and make sure instead of tea, I should be giving it to her. And that's what I did. And at that time, Barbara don't drink tea rather than banana tea. Yeah, it was so, my favorite. And it was helping. It, it really helped because. At that moment or at that time, she she hardly had a crisis. Yeah. And we hardly go to the hospital or emergency or whatever, even. Um, then Dr. Yadimir? 
Not Dr. Yadime. Oh. What's her name? Mm. Doctor. I remember, but yeah, one of the hemoglobin. Yeah, yeah. Um, hemoglobin. doctors. Yeah, doctors. Doctor Recito. Um, when I took Barbara there and he saw how healthy Barbara was there, she asked me, what do I do? So I have to tell her about the banana tea or plantain. You can use green plantain or green banana, the skin. So, and Dr. Rosito asked me to come into children's the Tuesdays uh, for mothers and mm-hmm. babies, and if I can talk to them about the banana tea, which I did. Yeah. So Barbara, we, Barbara keep taking it until her adult <laughs> yeah. time. And it was a source of iron, right? Yeah. That was, which was uh, so banana or plantain skin is like source of iron, and it was healthy. Yeah, how And it reduced the joint pain. The crisis that comes in yeah. and go for a while. Not that she don't have crisis, she do, but it's limited. Yeah, um, and I think that um, it really helped because one of the major things was that I never really had blood transfusion. I think yeah. the first time I had it was when I was like 24, and I had it a few years uh, back, so it's only been twice. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know how um, blood transfusions, they also give, uh, iron when you get the yeah, blood yeah. and because I've never had blood transfusion but my iron has been quite a good level because I think of years of drinking banana tea so mm-hmm. I think it was such a good substitute yeah, I try to tell people like I've told a lot of other warriors that about my mom's famous <laughs> infamous banana tea and how much it helped but I think there is something to it and yeah. so how how would you say because that's such a it was such an amazing um, herbal and like home remedy mm-hmm. that really helped me. And where do you how how do you think your background, your upbringing played a role in you learning about these um these kind of recipes and these kind of herbals? So please tell, tell me more about like your specific background because so many people don't know how to find these recipes and stuff like that. So I know like um well I must. Start with um, my family and one of my siblings, my late brother, Gideon, uh, had a very bad poster when we were back home. That even my parents, my dad particularly, used to donate blood for it. And uh, one time I traveled, I went on holiday, so, and I saw how bad he was. And I decided to bring him here just on holidays. Yeah. Just yeah. to the UK to spend one month. And during his visit, he had a crisis and I took him to a doctor, one doctor called Dr. Israni. That was in a house in there. And um, doctor advised that if it's possible, I can bring him over to UK. So that I can get better treatment because back home in Nigeria, um, the treatment is not all that good. Yeah, you know, so many sickle cell children they believe that they never passed one years once they are that age. So in in view of that, is I wouldn't say neglect or. Because they don't know what, they don't know how to treat. Yeah, they don't know the resources, the resources to go about it. So most of the children will die before even 21 yeah. or after 21. Because this is their belief. So my brother went back after one more holidays. And then I spoke with my dad. And we made an arrangement for him to come over. How old was he at the time? Uh, ten years old, he was ten. So he came, and um, well, he was living with me. Everything was going on well, you know. And um, until he became an adult and became independent, 
So, um, at the point I was telling him about the banana remedy, banana, you know, yeah, like something to reduce his crisis, but he didn't want to, you know, to accept it. He decided to take so many medications that his organs were damaged. At a point, he was okay because I remember I'm a business person. I travel to China, Bangkok, India, but Dubai yeah. because then I have I had a boutique. Yeah. So my brother used to travel with me and we do things together. But it got to a point that um started going to the hospital. Nice. I taking any drug that they brought into the hospital. Yeah. He will take. I advised him not to take too many of those things, but being an adult, there is a limit to how you can yeah. advise. So he wants to do his own thing until um he became very sick and keep going to the hospital almost yeah. every other day. That mission, I can't breathe properly, had um, oxygen. Yeah. And even when he had, um, I think, a long, long problem, he had um, operation. And um, it was after that that uh, things were looking good. You know, and I believe is the drug because um, you could sell anemia can be managed if they have so much. If there is an awareness, yeah, you know, there are certain things you have to avoid. There are certain things you should not do, yeah, so that you wouldn't trigger the um, crisis, yeah, you know, like. Drinking alcohol too much. Yeah. Doing going to cold, stress, yeah. um, overworking yourself. Yeah. These are the things that you when you have sickle cell, you should avoid. Yeah. So my brother wasn't doing all that. He was trying to walk, get a job, do this, do all the all the not resting and all these things. So eventually he died. Um, he's dying. I wouldn't say he died of sickness, but he died of complications, which mm-hmm. is just the major things: you know, complications of organs or you know. And is yeah. is that why um, the main reason that you're so passionate about her? Because even today, mm-hmm. she'll she'll give me a list of vitamins. Sometimes she'll go to Holland and Barrett and buy me. So uh, loads and loads of vitamins, B12, zinc, all these things. Even now when I'm like an adult and I live um, in my own apartment, my mom will still always, you know, buy me vitamins or call me or send me something that she had. This is good and that. Yeah, even till today, my mom is still really hammering on, you know, the vitamins and all the herbal stuff and all this. And I really understand because there's a major difference in um, my upbringing and how I am able to live with sickle cells to thrive, to live. Um, so that's really good. I know that you studied sickle cell as well, so you took it very seriously, especially yeah. like, you know, having your younger sibling having it and then also finding out your child having it. So firstly, how did you feel when I was diagnosed? I, I didn't... Um... I wasn't upset because um, I personally, I have trade. Mm-hmm. My mom and my dad, that's where it's coming from. Yeah, they had trade. Even I had one sibling who is uh, directly, was born after me. Mm-hmm. But looking back and looking at the picture, yeah, because my, my parents were ignorant of sickle cell. Yeah. At that time, there isn't. Nobody knows about sickle cell. Yeah. And back home, when such thing, when you see somebody being ill, complaining of joint pain, joint, 
Yeah. They say they call it uh, rheumatism or uh, what, like what they call arthritis. Yeah. But in real yeah. sense, mm-hmm. it's sickle cell, it's crisis. Yeah. But nobody is aware of it. So yeah. in the event of that, my that my sister died. Mm-hmm. My parents did not know until my brother, when my brother was born, he was the last. Yeah. That was when this awareness people start knowing about sickle cell, the how what is sickle cell is. Yeah. Because when I look at that, the picture of that, my sister and my late brother, there is similarity. Yeah. yeah. My yeah. that my sister I was young, very very. I'm a baby, but yeah. when I look at it, you can you can see her eyes was yellow. But then, yeah. you know, in Africa, either they attribute it to witchcraft. Yeah. Somebody is doing it or yeah. something like that. It's just because of the ignorance. Yeah. About it, but. Um, when my brother, my late brother, who is the last mm-hmm. out of uh, about 10, 10 or 11 children, he was the last. Oh, and yeah. then it was then they began, the sickle cell started, you know, people started knowing about, about sickle cell doesn't mean that they are finding solution, much solution. Yeah. Still, children still die, you know. Until when I came here and when uh, Barbara was diagnosed as a I've already known much about Yeah. So I wasn't uh, so upset, I know. But I, I said to myself, well, we walk through it. My, yeah. uh, my daughter will not die before yeah. the age of 21 and all. So we, I did also saw this banana tea. There's some green leaf and I make sure she eats a lot of vegetables and vitamins and all that, you know. Yeah. And um, I think it's her because for this present time, Barbara doesn't frequent the, the hospital, hospital yeah. like crisis there and there. there. And again, I think she's beginning to manage her sequester now yeah. and know what to how to avoid it and especially period time. Yeah, yeah. Know what to do. Because mostly there was a time that after her period, she ends up in the hospital crisis. Yeah, every month. Every month. And so when we realize that, we find an alternative that when her cycle comes, she should take Caution, like yeah. take it so take it easy, yeah, take it easy. Don't go out, don't, don't go out, don't stress. Yeah, and if possible, take um, um, what is that? Uh, penicillin and um, you know, fluid, much fluid yeah. and uh, some vitamins. Yeah, so which means after to guide her that after her circle, don't need because I before many years ago. After a cycle, come to a day or two, the crisis, crisis comes. Yeah. Of them. But I think now things are normalized. That, yeah. You know, so, and um, that's it. And uh, during my university time, um, I have to, I chose sickle cell as my dissertation. And I wrote 10,000 words on it. Even the professor, my lecturer, was amazed because yeah. she don't even, she has never had anything yeah. about sequester. So she took a copy of my dissertation, which I did and got a very good mark on that. Oh, that's incredible. So I am so happy because I did a sort of research. And um, Yeah, I think my mom's, upbringing her background and studying and everything just it really helped has a huge impact on my life Mm -hmm. I feel like um most of the time we always say that I feel like I'm healed that um it's controlled it's managed and I don't think I would have been able to achieve this without my mom and just knowing when you have the right people around you the right understanding the right knowledge can make a huge impact in how you manage your sickle cell. I think that's really important. 
and I'm just so grateful for my mom and just putting in that effort and like really just understanding what skill set was and finding alternatives. And um, yeah, we're also part of a support group. Yeah, and there is this, um, oh, her blessed memory, Mrs. Treasure. Yeah, who we was honoring Bukadi and Treasure. Yeah, so Mrs. Treasure, um, she was a nurse and she's very kind, very empathic, empathetic. Yeah. And uh, she just came up and we started this uh, field. She didn't have any sickle cell um, or whatever. Or but she just decided to come out so that we can, you know, you know, um minister the awareness. Yeah. Which we were going to hospitals, we are going from one place to another. Yeah. And again, um we were able because what I find out during this journey is that so many people are in denial and so many people feel ashamed to talk about it. And this is yeah. different from my daughter, uh, Barbara. Barbara is ready to tell anybody anywhere, even at work, even mm-hmm. at university, this is the condition. This is her condition. But some people, like my brother, my late brother, I remember... When she when he was living with me, and when people come around, and if I try to bring up about sickle cell, that he's he's called sickle cell, he got so angry about it. So I think I find it as time goes on, I find that which we go to the like Tuesdays and Thursdays, which is a clinic. Yeah. So what we do, what I do with Mrs. Treasure, we go there, and we see a lot of sickle cell patients. They will be there and they try to make us believe that they don't have sickle cell, you know, by denying it. Mm-hmm. When we come up, I usually approach some of them and say, Listen, my daughter has a sickle cell. I've got a brother who died of yeah. my died. died. Then my brother was alive. I say, Sickle cell is not a taboo. Yeah. It's not something you should be ashamed. Yeah. But then the point I'm trying to make is that so many, why the awareness is lacking in some, why it lacks for a very long time is because so many people are in denial. They yeah. don't want to. They think it's a taboo. They think they are ashamed yeah. of it. But I mean, it is not their fault that they yeah. have it, you know. Oh, it's, it. Yeah, it's nothing to be ashamed of. I think yeah. that needs to be eliminated because I've spoken to so many people from who sickle cell warriors, and I don't know if it's from culture. Mm. And we'll, we discuss, you know, African culture sometimes, like even what you said about the witch, mm. like um, having something wrong with you or a condition that people don't understand is seen as a negative. Yeah. Maybe more of the African community, but with other health conditions that affect other different races, when you have a disability, nobody sees you as, it's not a stigma, it shouldn't be a no, stigma. No, and I think that stops the people talking about it and then people being, and it, when you don't talk about stuff, it does, it can affect how you manage your condition, how you're treated yeah. in school, at work and stuff like that. So that that's something that really needs to be eliminated. And yeah. I think the more we speak about it, the more people understand that it hasn't, Nothing to be ashamed of. Yeah, and um, I remember when Barbara was in primary school, um, I went to the school and I, I told them a condition. Even they've got a corner for her. <laughs> yeah. They've got the bean um, bag. a bean bag <laughs> where if she's tired, I make them to understand that sickle cell, part of the condition, the these, symptoms, the condition. Yeah. Tiredness, they get tired. Yeah. You know? So I make sure that the teachers and is aware of uh, Barbara's condition, and then you know, even in secondary school, give her the opportunity to go and rest. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> it was fun. Yeah. It's, it's so funny because of the upbringing that I had with the help, the care, the fact that my mom was very proactive and she knew, I think, 
knowing about it and and trying to find a better way to manage it apart Mm. from medication I think it really helped in me as a child navigating world because like like she said in the beginning about how I like the hospitals because it was a great environment and I never had a stigma about the condition I didn't I told people the same was in school everyone knew and uh, I had privileges like I, when I fall when I was tired, I could go and sleep. And some of the other kids didn't understand. And then after a while, they were like, "Yeah, Barbara sometimes is tired, so that's her bee bag." And I think mm-hmm. stuff like that just made it instead of it being a traumatic experience where a lot of people go through feeling different and stuff. I think having my mom, who made Claire to the teachers and the people in the beginning, it made it pleasant for me. For my experience, I don't remember ever feeling like. Um, like as a negative stigma, it was actually an opposite. I got privileges. I felt special. <laughs> and I think that makes a huge difference in a child's upbringing because I grew up with a lot of confidence and this never was a negative thing. It didn't, didn't put me down. Obviously, the times in hospital were bad, but there was always that sense of hope. And um, and I, I'm really grateful for like my mom, my family and the upbringing that I had. And um yeah. And um, we go, we used to, with this uh, Mrs. Treasure, her blessed memory, mm-hmm. we used to go from school to school to, you know, uh, talk about, because uh, yeah. we make appointments and yeah. administrators, we, you know, assign some teachers to come down. Yeah. At their free period, then we tell them. Well, and so many people, Surprisingly, a lot of people don't know what Sikosev is, even up till now. Yeah. So many people who still, who still don't know what the Sikosev and <laughs> yes. you know, what um how it affects who well, because um it affects the, the African, Caribbean and some European like yeah. um, Mediterranean. Yeah. So we are we are trying to Put more awareness. I yeah. think it's getting more better than how it used yeah, to be before. You know, so hopefully we continue with the awareness and let people know because now they could say patients are living much longer. longer yeah, life definitely. Now without complication. You know, yeah, which is such a blessing. Which is, yeah, which is a blessing, and the only way to avoid it is if you know. Yeah, you know, study in extensively. Yeah, yeah. Uh, go into Sikusa, Google, know what to avoid, yeah. know how to manage it. The most important thing is management. Yeah, pain manage. You can manage your. It's not necessary. You have crisis. You have to jump on all this hard drug because yeah. some of this hard drug damage organs. Yeah. It could yeah. destroy your, it could destroy kidney, it could destroy liver, it could destroy any part of human organ. Yeah. So when somebody died, they said he died because he had sickle cell. It's not necessarily um, sickle cell. Yeah, it's a know. complication. It's a complication, yeah. you know, and um, that is it. You go for checkup or check your eyes. Yeah. Because sickle cell. Tree, it can tree, it can come up. The crisis can come up anywhere yeah. in your body. It could be eye, it could be joint. Yeah. It's not only joint; it could be eye. It could be anywhere, private parts, and you know. Yeah. So you, if you know what triggers, it, it's best to avoid it. Yeah. You know, that's it. Yeah, definitely. Such amazing words of wisdom. So now I'm going to ask you a very important question. I want you to be completely candid and completely honest. What were some of the major challenges you faced with raising a child with sickle cell? Because I know with your uh, beloved Uncle Gideon, your brother, you know, you had some experience bringing him up. Because he moved here to live with you when he was 10. So that was kind of his upbringing. What was it like to raise um, me? What were some of the challenges that you faced personally doing it? Because I know, like, I've spoken about some of you know, my challenges on, like, on my personal 
experiences, but it's so good to see an insight of what the parents, a lot of people who are listening to the podcast, they want to know, like, what are the parents going through? And, you know, what were some of your major challenges and the things that made it hard, that difficult or, yeah. So please take the floor and be honest. <laughs> well, um, in as much as one, uh, I try alternative ways of, you know, reducing the crisis, reducing the, the most uh, challenges I face is the drug giving. I'm very, very skeptical about the drug, the hard drug, because um, this sickle cell comes a time when in the hospitals they're looking for uh, I know I should I should use a word guinea pig. <laughs> you know, if any if any drug is manufactured or if people look into drugs, they think it might be okay for sickle cell yeah. patients, let's try it. And um it the side effects might be more than yeah. the the, the pain. it's not even curing, yeah, but to reduce the pain. Yeah. So my most challenging and most I'm so skeptical and so afraid of most drugs because in the process of reducing one's pain, yeah, crisis, you give somebody a hard drug that might cost something else. There's some yeah. drug that they manufacture. They call it, uh, what's that name of that? Oh, yeah, uh, the controversial uh, hydroxyria. Hydroxyria. <laughs> that is a drug I will never, several they've asked Barbara. A hammering. It's almost like now they're getting some reward if someone gets it because the hammering yeah, is too much. Too much. <laughs> and I refused, my child refused my, my daughter too embark on that uh, mm-hmm. drug because there are few sickle cell patients who have done it end up having leukemia or yeah. blindness or whatever because these are there is every drug has a side, side effect. effect yeah and I this is my own opinion I'm not into medical this is how yeah. I feel because I feel when somebody has a sickle cell condition and you are manufacturing, you are researching a medication yeah. and manufacturing this kind of medication with loads of side effects. I mean, somebody with sickle cell anemia or sickle cell condition, in the process of reducing pain, yeah. it's not that they, all this drug will kill. It's not a kill. It's not a kill. Because they yeah. believe sickle cell has no kill. Yeah. But, in the just to reduce pain, reducing in the process of reducing that pain with somebody who has a sickle cell condition, we develop another sickness, yeah, which might be the sickness yeah. that will kill that person, yeah, and they will come up in their death certificate died of sickle cell, which is not. So, yeah. these are the most challenges I have. I keep whenever Barbara is in the hospital and they're bringing this um, morphine, morphine and um, I frown. I don't really, uh, but thank God, um, it's not something he takes all the time. Yeah, she, she doesn't go to cry. She don't have crisis. Maybe in a year, maybe once in a year. Yeah, once that protects us. Yeah, yeah. So, so that is a bit, for those who have crisis, maybe in a week, they've been an out of hospital. And I have um, a friend where she's like a young a sister that I am one of the people that look after her. She has a very bad sickle uh, cell. A bad one that her body refuses um, a blood transfusion, which is very, very difficult. So her own type of sickle cell is very unusual. Yeah. Okay, now they've introduced, she was, okay, they've introduced the, I, uh, the hydroxyrea. Hydro, yeah. Hydroxyrea. So, hey, 
and that disabilities yeah. dis- dis- uh, belies her entirely. Yeah. Before she went into this, she was doing everything, even doing okay. some work, you know, managed to do some part-time work. She would come around, we cook. She comes to party, she goes. She was very, very vibrant and okay. Yeah. Until they suggested in the hospital that unless, because she's not on a... Um, she can her body can receive blood transfusion. Mm-hmm. Now they made her start taking this hydroxyl, yeah. which really changed her entirely. That even as I'm doing this a podcast, she just came out of. We thought we lost her just last week. You know, it made her sometimes she almost blind. Now she can't even eat. Anything that has spice or whatever. She can't even they lose her hair. She lost her hair. So these are the challenges that yeah. I'm skeptical and I'm afraid yeah. of, you know. So yeah, yeah, and it's, and it's understandable because yeah. I think you've had the both experiences. I know like with Uncle Pedro and your brother, yeah. um, his first you know, 10 years with Nigeria, they had lack of awareness, they didn't really know how to treat it. Mm. Then coming in, and then although the hospitals were better, he was introduced to some of these hard drugs and medication. He um, kind of relied a bit more on the hard drugs. Hard and drugs then, and then, even he, like my brother, he used to, when I go to visit him in his house, he had all sorts of injections given to her from the hospital, the hospital to inject to her. He's got her oxygen. He's got his oxygen there, you know. I think that, you know, you seeing that and then also raising me to be the be opposite with, like, you know, the herbal, the banana tea, uh, vitamins. She always hates me taking medication. She always tried to say, try to bear the pain, take some vitamins, yeah, drink lots of water, because these medications don't actually really cure sickle cell, cure the pain, they just mask it. Yeah, so if you actually get the root of it, which is drinking water and finding if there's an infection, if there's no infection, it's just triggered by stress, then trying to manage it different ways. with Hot water bottle, heat cream. Mm, yeah. Mom has so many heat creams. Even till today, she gets heat creams from Nigeria. Yeah. A bonaki. <laughs> so it's just like having, I think really it's, 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 it's amazing when you have knowledge and why yeah. they say knowledge is power and then learning from experiences and trying to do better, find yeah. different ways. It makes a huge difference. Um, yeah, did you want to add? Yeah, and um, what I want to add is that sickle cell, I must I tell people that sickle cell does not just kill. Yeah. You know, because we have, and we have among a sickle cell patient that really have a bad yeah. they got two, three children. Yeah. You know, they they are there, they are living yeah. their life, their children are growing. Yeah. You know, so I see no reason why people uh, with sickle cell condition should not live a normal life. Yeah. They should they should live a normal life, but know the limitation and know yeah. what to avoid. Yeah. Know what trigger, no, because your body, you know what you will do that triggers certain things yeah. in your body. So if you know that if you stress yourself, if you don't rest, yeah, if you don't stop when your body is telling you to stop them, you end up in the hospital. You will, you will have crisis. Yeah. You know, so my advice to all patients, all second patient is that they study or know this cell in depth yeah. and know how to reduce a uh, crisis, yeah. you know, and manage their pain. Because sometimes a sickle cell crisis could come at any second. Yeah. You might be okay. You might be just okay doing your things and the next thing, joints or yeah. uh, chest pain or anywhere. Yeah. But then... If those if that does happen, just take a moment and say, why 
should this thing happen? Yeah. You know, think, what have you done? Yeah. What do you, did you stress yourself? Well, because yeah. you might be stressing yourself, not knowing. Yeah. And when you get to a stage, your body, that sickle, that blood, that whatever, cannot take it yeah. anymore. And the next thing is burn. Yeah, and it's true. Also, it's so true. Yeah. And it's definitely helped me. Yeah. What advice would you give other mothers who are raising children with sickle cell? Because um, I know there's so many young mothers who are having children for the first time with sickle cell, and this could be quite challenging. What, what was advice would you give them? Yeah, first of all, they should. Try to know what Kusel is all about. <laughs> and again, find out what triggers yeah. the crisis. Yeah. Why, what made a Kusel patient suddenly yeah. develop uh, pain, joint pain, and this. Right? Yeah. And again, monitor your child. Yeah. Or even... Yeah, during sleep, night, and all those things. And um, because with sickle cell, um, they can develop breathing problems. You can put your child in the next room sleeping. If I find it difficult to breathe, yeah. it could just give up. But if you monitor, monitor, and know, make sure they have enough, um, there shouldn't be. Because I find that cold. My Barbara don't like cold. Yeah. And um, whenever it's, uh, it's cold, cold weather triggers a crisis, you know. So so because of that, she knows how to avoid cold or fan or under air condition or whatever. So these are the just monitor know what sickle cell is all about. Because if you have a child with a sickle cell, or you read about sickle cell, you need to study it. You need to make a research. Dig, find out what then it will help you to monitor, to, you know, you should give your child that knowledge. With that knowledge, you should be able to, you know, help your child. Help your child. And also... They will be able to help themselves. So, they yeah, and they, they grow up, yeah. you know. And avoid the certain things you should avoid from your child, for your child. Yeah. Not to get crisis, you know. Yeah. yeah. And then so, definitely growing up, I know mom was really adamant on vegetables, yeah. drinking lots. I wouldn't go anywhere without a jacket or coat, even if it was mm-hmm. summer. Um, yeah, every lot of things. We're just very precautious and I'm so grateful for because now I understand why and I know what works in my body and what doesn't. And mm. I think I know 100% that's really why my sickle cell is so manageable and it's just helped me to have such a... I think it, the, the most important thing is a better quality of life. Life, yeah. I think I, I can live a good life with this sickle cell because yeah. my mom has really just thought taught me to really just look after and myself. And go everywhere she goes. Yeah. I remember when she got admission in, uh, in New York. I had to go and live with her. For six and, weeks. She came six, and stayed. Yeah. For the and again, we made the, 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 house of, the house of resident giving to her was special. Yeah. yeah. Because initially they put her, they, they put her where other children where the windows were open, open it was cold, yeah, cold. And we so spoke to we the went to school. School. Yeah. we spoke with the school, and they gave her a beautiful flat, you know, yeah, on their own. Like well, in good conditions, and I think that's important yeah, to always know. speak up and to have people around you that know the condition they can sure, speak yeah. up with you because they understand it, and that's mm-hmm. yeah, that's definitely true. Never be afraid, never to say be afraid, I'm never to... be in denial because yeah, what to what. Disability, what everyone is going through, it's not your. You didn't choose. Yeah, it's not your choice. Yeah, if it comes to you, it comes to you. So you just take it and pray yeah. again. You know, put prayer yeah, into it pray. as, well, as and, well, and don't 
be downcast or yeah, try to blame true. God or try to blame people yeah. around because anything we are human beings. Yeah, you can get any kind of condition and then you just take it as it as it comes and yeah. try to manage it. You know. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And one of the things I always tell people when I talk about how I got into fashion was how my mom would yeah. first of all, and she's a fashionista herself. She had a shop. Um, and that's when she was traveling and she still travels a lot now, but to buy Thailand, Bangkok, everywhere to buy goods and so on. She was my, always my inspiration. She had tailors working for her. So I always was around tailors and sewing and I, I always owed that to, you know, being around that is why my passion for fashion grew. And she would even bring my sketchbooks to the hospital. I know many of you have heard this. And so even just in personal and also in career-wise, she's been just such a, an incredible, how can I put this, um, strength and just uh, really just helped me so much that I could, beyond that, I couldn't, yeah, I couldn't ask for a better mom in that situation and just how, like, it shaped my life and just brought me so much strength. And also I feel like faith in God, like, you know, growing up with a parent and them introducing you to God and building that relationship with God and prayer was a big thing in our house yeah, as well. Yeah. We prayed a lot. We had Bible study. I even prayed for healing. And I think yeah, it really I know. When, yeah. when, when Barbara was about six years old yeah. and if we, we said, okay, let's have a pray, prayer, she's always screaming, pray for my sickle cell. <laughs> <laughs> pray for my sister. Pray, and we keep we keep doing that. We said she keeps saying, "God, there is no sickle cell in her." So it's all her. And I remember Barbara is very intelligent that she wanted to go in for medicine to become a doctor, <laughs> but going along along the way, when we are talking about uh, stress, and and she said one day, "Mom." Oh, being a dog, even my, the dad has to buy um, all oh, the... stethoscope. I yeah, all the doctor's there. equipment and everything. <laughs> and then after, after graduating from secondary school, he said, he saw them one day, he said, listen, he's got sickle cell condition. To be a doctor is more stress, which means she will not have time. If baby, she barely... <laughs> <laughs> do the job of a doctor or whatever, maybe crisis will come on when she's there. And it's stress. And you see, these days, doctors are under stress. Yeah. So she just squeezed, uh, switch. So, and even though when it was a little girl, she has a lot of doors. doors and and she gave them all my friends' names. <laughs> and she used to make lovely uh, Cinderella dresses, <laughs> nice with needle, needle and all those things. Beautiful. So when um, she opted up or out of doing a medicine to become a, to go into fashion, to go into fashion, and yeah, she is, and she's doing it with passion, and she's doing it very good. So yeah. I thank God and I appreciate God. And I appreciate Barbara because she too, she never allowed the sickle cell to weigh her down. Never. So, well, and that's it. And yeah. I, I think she will go a long way by the grace of God. Amen. So, yeah, and, and again, uh, in our household, uh, Barbara being the last and having this condition, we all, even my son, everybody, my husband, all of us tried, we, you know, we support, we encourage, yeah. we make Barbara feel that she's not alone. Yeah. Her sister, her elder sister is always there for her. Yeah. Her elder brother is always there for her, yeah. especially when he's in the hospital. Yeah. The husband is always there for her. So we have a network. We have yeah. a very close network. So. Barbara is lucky because um, we've been, uh, Mrs. Treasure's blessed name, we've mm-hmm. been to family where they have sickle cell. Uh, most of the 
because her patient is on her own. Mm. You know, even some mothers don't even, you know, because they have that notion that oh, because uh, anything could, could happen to him or her anytime. So they don't. But in my household, we believe that Barbara has come to stay. Yeah. And we keep praying that um, it, uh, whatever it takes to make this course uh, to be minimal, mm-hmm. for her not to be going to the hospital, yeah. which we have achieved so far. Yeah. And we're so happy that mm-hmm. our network, our household is one. Yeah. We supported her and she's, she's lucky. Yeah, yes, very, lucky. very lucky and very blessed. Yes, and that's yeah. the kind of support system that I, I wanted to create with the Gideon's Treasure. Yeah. Because I know that there are some people who have sickle cell, maybe their families are still in a different country, country and they yeah. go to the UK okay. for treatment. And so they are alone and they don't have a strong support system the way I did. And I know that that is the main reason why my condition is so manageable is because of the support system. So it's so important to really educate, to, to, to build community, to spread awareness, build community, because it really makes a difference in managing your condition. condition. I know this firsthand because of my upbringing and how my mom had so much knowledge and wisdom and, and, and really studied the condition. So she was in the best position to help me. And that's what we're trying to do with this is really just, to, to get everyone so knowledgeable so if they ever meet somebody uh, a partner, a colleague, anyone that they see with sickle cell they'll have some sort of resource resources to help them mm-hmm. it makes a huge difference and I, I cannot you know, be ad- more adamant about how much a difference has made my life and like like my mom mentioned, my siblings, my dad my, my mom, everyone together even the hospital visits when we were still all living under the same roof and we were a bit younger, it was like the whole the whole family would go to the hospital. Yeah. <laughs> Even at 4 a.m., we'd all get ready. And, <laughs> and it made a difference because I didn't feel alone. Sometimes pain can yeah. feel very isolating. Yeah. And but it, if you feel like you have people with you. And it made us, like, when we created a sickle cell support group, what we do, we, it made us, when we visit, like, when Barbara used to go to the hospital, and in the ward, you see some people, if I have to stay there, maybe hours and hours. Yeah. And the other sickle patient, yeah. nobody has come. So what we decided to do then is go and visit this them. Is, yeah. Take them some fruit and, you know, yeah. go there and have a chat with them and then talk to them, you know. Like as Barbara said, a lot of them, came in here, their families back home, so yeah, yeah. like they are lonely, you know. So we go out, outreach, we reach them in the hospital, and yeah. then, you know, chat with them, talk with them. We do that in weekly basis with mm-hmm. uh, Mrs. Treasure. They have so rest peace, you know, so... That's and it. it's amazing. It yeah. makes a huge difference. And you're such a blessing yeah. to me and so many others. Yeah. And just to, with one last question. Um, why do you think there is such a lack of visibility? I know you touched point on this earlier, but mm. why do you think there is such a lack of visibility or lack of awareness of sickle cell? Um, well, uh, like you in Europe, like UK, for example, is just... The reason not they know about sickle cell, yeah. but not the drive to make it like on TV. You see people advertising for how to make a research for cancer. Yeah, the governments. I mean, they are trying a little bit, but mm-hmm. the drive is not there because yeah. um, if the drive is there in television. They talk about sickle cell, yeah. you know, as they talk about cancer, yeah. uh, um, uh, Down syndrome, yeah. uh, what's it? Uh, diabetes, diabetes, arthritis, arthritis yeah. and all those things. So it is is yet to, you know, yeah. to be visible. Yeah. Is yet at the moment is lack because yeah. the government has not really 
They are now. They are not really taking it on, even though the uh, World Health Organization has recommended and recognized sickle cell as disability. Yeah. Okay. But here, the government until the government keeps pressing and put a drive like they do to other, you know, other uh, disabilities, other sicknesses, conditions. Yeah. So it's very, very important that the government should, um, you know, put it into consideration and do what they're supposed to do. If not, because as we, as we are, I'm doing there are thousands, many people in this country yeah. that don't even, when you talk about sickle cell, they say, yeah, they say what is that? Yeah, even when you I know? go out to, uh, yeah, even at workplaces, I think I told someone the other day, they, they didn't know what it was. Yeah, it's true. I don't know. There's still, so, still such a lack. And um, because it's limited, it's just because it's limited, uh, they call it African, Caribbean, you know, Handful of yeah. Mediterranean, so it's not the it's not a large something, but then it's it is wrong. A huge popular, it is yeah. yeah, it is it is because there are number. I used to have the statistic yes, about yeah. number of uh, children and adults that yeah. has sickle cell in this country. It's a lot. Yeah, so I think. The earlier they start putting words to the government, yeah, the health minister, and all those things, let them make it well visible. Yeah, then it'll be better. There will be huge awareness. Yeah. And again, it's very important because now the intermarriages. I mean, if they don't know, if there is no awareness of it, yeah, you see, that is where the problem is. Two yeah. people with a, a, a trait, yeah. yeah. Trait, if they come together and marry, at the end of the day, even if they have, they're going to have two or three children, once one must, if they are unlucky, one must come out with a yeah. and name it. So awareness is very, very important. Also, yeah, definitely. Yeah. And I think there is such a lack of visibility in this part of the world. Because yeah. And it needs to grow because it's just... yeah. It's weird that there's nobody really knows it. Like you can say diabetes or arthritis. Uh, Most people multiple cirrhosis. Yeah, and there is another have actually heard of it, but lupus. Lupus. Yeah. yeah, lupus is something similar because it's got something to do with is it blood or joint pain? It's pain. Oh, it's kind of like yeah, yeah. you know. That's true. Thank you so much for joining me. It's been such a pleasure to just sit down and um, just hear the wisdom and and share it with our listeners of how incredible you are and how much of a blessing you have been. And yeah, just thank you so much for sharing and just continue to be an incredible mom. Like I said, support system. She was my nurse, my you know, <laughs> finding me all the things. I was, I was also her handbag, and, and then I was me too. <laughs> and just everything, and I'm so grateful. And it was her birthday this week. She's fabulous. She's all, yeah, yesterday. So um, yeah, wishing you the best. This podcast is sponsored by Dumabai exotic couture women's wear clothing brand for the goddess in all women if you're interested in a -a one-of-a-kind piece handmade to perfection in london then go over to our exclusive website at www.com 
dumabyfashion.com. There you will find some unique, incredible pieces. 20% of all proceeds go to the Gideon's Treasure Foundation and all our initiatives, including this podcast and also free creative workshops for people living with sickle cell and other chronic illnesses. I hope you enjoyed today's episode and I hope you will continue this journey with me. We will be discussing a lot of different topics, important topics, and we'll have some incredible guest speakers joining to share their experiences. Please subscribe and like our Instagram pages, Atelier underscore Zimbabwe and Gideon's underscore Treasure. Feel free to leave a comment, ask a question, and if you would like to be a guest speaker and share your story, please send me an email. Details in the episode description. Love you and God bless. Mwah.